Hey, I'm Shamar. And I'm Andrew. We're going to be doing a deep dive on all the connected DC animated movies in their cinematic universe. Yes, I'm here to discuss the interconnected storylines and point out how jacked everybody is. And I'm here to share a deep comic book knowledge like Batman having his own sneaker line. So check out yet another DC animated podcast. Part of the Forgotten Entertainment family and coming soon wherever you listen to your podcast. Hello there, I'm Colleen. I'm Anders. And I'm Daniel. We're three nerds that met through our love of science fiction and fantasy storytelling. Of course, one of our favorites is George Lucas's signature achievement, Star Wars. And if there's one thing the internet definitely doesn't have enough of, it's nerds talking about Star Wars. So here we are with yet another Star Wars podcast, where each week we discuss one of the films in the current Star Wars canon. From the sands of Tatooine to the levels of Coruscant, we cover it all. Yet another Star Wars podcast is available wherever you get your podcast and is part of the Forgotten Entertainment family. Welcome to the Nomcast, the Netflix original movie podcast. I am your host, Andrew Morgan. You can follow the show at NomcastPod on Twitter and Instagram, and you can check us out on the web at NomcastPod.com. All right, what a treat for you guys today. Writer-director Mark Razzo is on the show. His latest film, the sci-fi thriller Awake, is out on Netflix today all across the globe. The film stars Gina Rodriguez as Jill, a former soldier who, after a global event that wipes out all electronics and eliminates people's ability to sleep, may have found a solution in her own daughter, Matilda. We talked to Mark about his experience with Netflix and how it has changed since his last Netflix original, Kodachrome, was released three years ago. We also talk how the story for Awake came to him, his time writing the script with his brother, Joseph, his favorite go-to sci-fi thrillers, and much, much more. So after this quick break, we will get you right to our interview with Awake creator, Mark Razzo. Thanks for listening. Today's episode is sponsored by our friends at Podcorn. Listen, everybody, I subscribe to all the industry podcasts and I joined all the social media groups looking for advice on how to make my podcast bigger, better, and more professional. And something that always comes up is the daunting thought of monetization. Sponsors. How do I get sponsors? Do sponsors even want me? Are the sponsors that do want me something that I want for my brand and my listeners? How much am I even worth with my current listener base? Can I wear white after Labor Day if I'm working from home now? Okay, that one's just for me. But these are all valid questions. Valid questions that usually stop people like me from pursuing sponsors in the first place. And it probably would have stopped me too if I didn't find out about Podcorn. All it took was creating an account, linking my show's analytics to the site, and bam, I was in. I was immediately able to check out all the potential sponsors and choose the ones I thought would be the best fit. You could choose what kinds of ads you want to do from pre-roll to something a little different like interviews and giveaways. I pitched a bunch of sponsors, my commercial ideas, and chose my own rate, and Podcorn made it so easy. They answered all my questions and helped me every single step of the way. I think Podcorn would be very instrumental in taking the Nomcast to the next level, 
I'm sounding more professional already. To learn more, check the link in our show notes and sign up for Podcorn today. This episode of the Nomcast is brought to you by Bruch. Bruch is an electric toothbrush that will change the way you think about brushing your teeth. With powerful sonic technology and ultra-gentle bristles, the Bruch redefines what it means to have super clean teeth. It's like that feeling when you just leave the dentist uh, a fresh whole mouth clean every single day. Our listeners get 15% off their total purchase with the code POD15. That's P-O-D-1-5. Follow the link in the show notes and enter the code POD15 to get your exclusive discount and upgrade your oral care routine. I'm delighted to be joined by writer, director, producer Mark Razzo, uh, whose latest film, Awake, is premiering this week on Netflix. Congratulations on the film, sir, and thanks for taking the time. Thank you, and uh, pleasure to be on with you. Uh, ironically, last night I was trying to flesh out some questions for this interview, and I was too exhausted to think straight, and I was like, I'll just get a good night's sleep and start again in the morning, and didn't realize how ridiculous that is in the context of this conversation, but it's definitely something that the characters in your film would be extremely jealous of, and I definitely uh, take that for granted day to day. Yeah, I mean, it's it's funny because I, uh, I, I mean, I'm just jumping right in here, but right before we started pre-production on the film, I had a my second child was born, like two oh, days congrats. before we started pre-production. So I was going through the whole film on the coming home and then dealing with a baby and not sleeping and then going right out to film. <laughs> just, just using it, you know, use whatever you can. So. Of course. Um, Awake is not your first Netflix original film. Uh, your last film, Kodachrome, was a film uh, for Netflix here in the U.S. anyway, in Canada and, and many areas. And that was three years ago when Netflix was still trying to find its footing as like a newer film studio. How has the experience changed for you working with Netflix now for the second time so many years later? Um, well, it's a very different experience because Kodachrome was an independent film that Netflix ended up um, per, like buying basically at the Toronto Film Festival. So, the, you know, going through the whole production, I wasn't with, it wasn't a Netflix film until they, they acquired it. Um, and then everything kind of after that, I can compare apples to apples because I know what's going on with Awake. But my, my experience with Netflix on Awake, which was a Netflix original from the get-go, um, was just incredible. Like, I can't speak for it compared to Kodachrome, but I can speak for it to everything else I've done and also stories I've heard from friends and whatever and just, like, you know, the support and the, um, uh, the backing that I had from Netflix. It was, like, honestly, it was, like, quite amazing. So... Uh, nothing but thumbs up to Netflix throughout this whole process. Yeah, from what I understand, um, I mean, this wasn't quote, quote unquote like Netflix from the beginning, beginning. Like, you, I yeah. guess you had worked with a, pro a producer previously or had meetings with them previously, and then it kind of evolved into a Netflix yeah. thing. Yeah, the script was written, um, and but but when we took it to Netflix and they came aboard to to make it, it kind of that's when the, the project became real, you know. And, and we can move forward. So they're on very early, not, not pre-script, but you know, we had written the script um, already. Yeah. And, and obviously, like you said, you know, the script was already written. I, I guess it was supposed to be like maybe a larger tentpole project uh, that they had, you know, maybe more characters and like a larger world base. Right. Yeah. So originally it was, it was this large kind of uh, big tentpole film at this company and they, 
they liked the idea, um, um, but it was too big for them to make. And that was, uh, and so they came to me because I had made more indie stuff and, and they said, you know, we really like this idea. So if there happens to from falls asleep, we have this script. It's just this kind of big, broad story that we can't do, but is there another way into this story? And I just right. kind of like took that premise and went and just from page one, uh, collaborated with my brother, which was a great fun experience because we were both in the industry, but we hadn't worked together and we kind of hammered out the script and uh, presented it to them and they, they loved it, um, which was great. And they're like, we're going to make this. And then that was at the Mark Gordon company. And then the Mark Gordon company got bought by E1 and then right. we thought, oh no, our script is done. <laughs> you know, right. it's going to end up in a trash bin. <laughs> and then, but it so happened that after they went through that whole transition, E1 liked it. Um, and then E1 brought a new head in film. <laughs> and I thought, oh no, my script is going to be done. <laughs> so, but their new right. head in film had a relationship with Netflix, and that's when it came to Netflix. So in the end, it all worked out. But it was, it was a little precarious there for a while. Sure. And you did mention your brother. I, I did see that, you know, Awake brings you back into the screenwriting chair. Kodachrome was not your script, right? Oh, that okay. was just, you were uh, doing that as just in the directing chair. But I did notice uh, that your brother was along. And I, as a person who has an older brother that I've tried to uh, be in bands with before, I did stand-up comedy with him and tried to produce shows. Um, we were, we could get, you know, anywhere on the spectrum between, you know, the Gallagher brothers and Oasis to like, you know, a harmonious, uh, different thing, maybe more like a Coen brothers situation or something, but, um, it definitely runs a gamut. Um, but from what I understand, you seem to get along with your brother quite well. You've worked with them, uh, before on shorts, like long ago, you both went to Columbia, all that, and, and, and kind of have a relationship going a long way. So how was that now this many years later trying to get that together and work together again uh it's it's good it was good like yeah so my first feature film copenhagen i had written and directed and as you said right. Podochrome, i had not and my brother had always kind of helped me you know we help each other with each other's work like we'd send it to each other and get notes and get feedback um so awake when awake happened we just started and i guess like very early on i don't know if we knew it wasn't worth the the argument or whatnot, but this kind of principle emerged where it's like, if we both like it, it's in. And if one of us doesn't, it's not in. Yeah. And that's kind of how we worked. Uh, and we got through, you know, uh, writing a script is, is very hard work. It's a lot of work. So I don't want to diminish the effort put into it. But on the other hand, I'll say like, it was much easier than I thought it would be um, just in terms of the collaboration and, and getting stuff done together. And maybe it helped that like we lived in different cities. So we weren't in the same room with each other, you know? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so, so it was, it, but it was great. It, yeah. It worked out great. And, uh, you know, since then we've written, we've written more together. We've written the, the last few, uh, we've written over this kind of year of quarantine, whatever we want to call it. We wrote another script together, which was great. So, you know, continuing collaborating and it's, it's a lot of fun. That's great. And obviously this film is also quite different in genre and tone for not only yourself, but for your brother as well. I mean, yeah. you know, when he, he's making his bones, not only in TV, but specifically Disney. Yeah. I mean, that, that definitely gets to be a, a unique shift from that to what you're doing with Awake. How, how do you go about doing that kind of switching the gears? Do you rely on like influences from your past? Do you pop on, you know, like a favorite older film that kind of fits the genre and tone you're looking for? How do you prepare 
for such a thing. Yeah. So it's interesting because I've always, you know, I've always loved this type of film, uh, mm. but like character, character based sci-fi, you know, these kind of films like this, that were really about the characters we're meeting and going on that journey, very specific journeys with them. And it was more of a byproduct of, you know, finding myself um, graduating university. Uh, I had a short film there that was kind of like a little bit of a action-y film, but um, it did really well. It won the Student Academy Award and I wanted to go make a feature film and I kind of wrote this character-based drama called Copenhagen but right. it wasn't because I want to make those types of movies because I want to make a movie I could go make. And this is like, you know, <laughs> right. like the, the scope of awake isn't something that they're handing out to filmmakers out of university. So I just kind of, sure. and then from that Kodachrome came. And again, it wasn't like, I like telling character-based stories, but by and large, I've always been in love with kind of elevated genre stuff. So, so for me, it wasn't difficult because it was kind of my goal all along. It's kind of like the world I wanted to work in. Right. Um, so, but I just didn't have the opportunity to so much. I just kind of had to like work my way up, you know, each rung of the ladder before I could get there. Sure. Uh, is there any, cause you said you've wanted to kind of do something like this or it fits you more long term. Do you have like stuff that you liked growing up or any of those like go-to? I think I heard you <laughs> and your brother on a different podcast talking about like some fun double feature action, uh, seeing E.T. as a young kid <laughs> yeah, exactly. and maybe some things you weren't supposed to see too. <laughs> so, but, yeah, some 80s. You know. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a funny story. But my dad took us to the drive-in and he fell asleep during E.T. And we stayed for the following movie. This is like 1985 or four or something, which was like the 80s, my tutor, you know, those 80s movies. And and, uh, that was also an awakening. Uh, um, Yes. (laughs) But, uh, but yeah, you know, I remember the probably the movie I watched, like one of the movies that I watched the most when I was a teenager 14, 13, 14, 15, we had the, I, I'd like purchased one of those illegal, I don't know, I'm going to date myself. People probably don't remember what I'm talking about, but these like cable box things. They oh yeah. You, like, they give you like the free yeah. movie channels that just yeah. play on a loop basically. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. So I remember I watched 12 Monkeys maybe, you know, a hundred times because I was so enamored with that movie. Truthfully, sure. I, haven't, I haven't seen it in probably 20 years. So I have no idea how it holds up, but I know at the time it had a huge kind of influence on me um and then children of men i remember when i saw that i saw that in theaters and i was just blown away by it and just was like uh, which was funny because i don't remember the reception it got in theaters as being uh as well received it as as it is now i think kind of we, we remember it but you know that was right. that was also a movie that really like you know influenced my love of this kind of dystopian drama which is weird because i think it was a love that I had like back then when the world was like a lot of a nicer place. And this yeah. was like, you know, this was like, no, that will never happen. Right. Like, <laughs> right. That's right. That's never now I'm like, Oh my God. Is, is awake too tame for uh, what we're doing? Right. <laughs> I was going to ask about that. Cause you know, this movie was written and created. I mean, I believe you had maybe some like post-production time during quarantine, but mostly this is all pre, yeah. right? Pre-pandemic. Yeah. And, Pre-pandemic yeah. and I'm sure like a lot of people will say something like this film is timely, uh, even yeah. though that's kind of like a bitter pill to say so. Uh, 
you know, but it's also because it's a story that reacts to a sudden crisis that society just doesn't know how to solve right away. Yeah. So there's a level of immediate panic and and all that. How do you think the movie compares Awake? How does that compare to what we've all kind of experienced? You know, <laughs> you seeing it now from the creator of the film side and also going through what humanity is doing right now. Yeah. Well, one thing that happens in Awake that I kind of wish happened in our crisis was that like technology got wiped out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> and we didn't have to watch the news and uh, social media and, you know, uh. <laughs> get bombarded with all these messages, which is like the, the real grind, I think, is just how, how much um, that's what's, you know, the, 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 there's like a certain disconnect sometimes between our reality and what we're fed, constantly fed um, sure. via media. So, uh, so I think in that case, it's like uh, the, the goal of awake. I mean, what awake is about for me is really bringing us back to nature, like bring us back to the part of power getting wiped out and this inability to sleep is just like all the, all the stresses that are kind of put on society. Right. It's like, that's like the breaking point is like, um, you know, we got to figure out we're, we're going in the wrong direction. We got to figure out how to survive as a, as a right. this is kind of a meta bigger, bigger picture metaphor. And, and that's the world that I throw these characters in. And for me, it was really about this like connection to nature and kind of getting back to what, you know, what's important in life, um, which the most basic element in life, the most important thing besides like water is sleep, you know? Um, yeah. And, and so, so that's kind of the metaphor that the story is, is built in and, uh, you know, it's just a fun, I don't know. It doesn't compare, but there's a lot of similarities. I mean, I think there is a lot of similarities to what we're going through, but different enough that it's a unique viewing experience. Of course. <laughs> yeah. Though you did bring like uh, kind of that basic elements there. Apparently uh, Ted Sarandos likes that kind of an idea and a project too, because, you know, we just had oxygen, uh, a film where like you literally are just slowly losing air over time. And, yeah, yeah. you know, like there's a bunch of these type of films. And in fact, um, what I thought about with your film a little bit is kind of the bird box effect of, of the films that are on Netflix and how, you know, it's not obviously like same, same, but kind yeah. of in that spiritual kind of like immediate panic, not knowing what's going on and having to deal with it from all fronts. I, I personally like one of my favorite shows of all time is the leftovers on HBO. And I think they do a, a great job of something that you tried to do with this film uh, in many ways is try to get to the heart of all the different sub levels of how people would react and to make it not about the problem, but about, how humans solve problems or how they get to the roots, like even dealing with religion and kind of like larger issues too, 100%. that I, I did admire. Yeah. So basically, you know, the kind of premise or like the, what, what we tried to lay out when we were writing this story is that we have to, we have to be aware that there's no right or wrong answers in a situation like this. Like every, we wanted everyone to be doing what they felt they needed to do to survive. And it's so for every character, like we didn't want the evil character. We don't want the evil, you know, we try to avoid good and evil and paint it as as much gray as we can. Like people are just doing what they feel they need to survive, whether that's in a church or, you know, in a shop or whatever it is, or in, in, in I don't want to give away the movie, but you know, the art, <laughs> right, whatever, yeah. you know, people are just doing what they need to, they feel they need to do to survive. So it's very honest and true to each individual character. And then we try to take our, 
you know, our family, which is our main unit of characters through this, you know, through these different elements on their journey. So they can kind of see what every, you know, how the world is reacting to it in many, many different ways. So, you know, there's a scene in the film that's very like, uh, very tranquil and peaceful where people have kind of like gone back to nature and then that's followed up by something a little bit more barbaric or something like that. So, you know, we just really sure. want to focus on that. Yeah. And it's like you said, it's very, I, I found it interesting. I think it's in your, in your bio on IMDb or something where it, it listed this movie specifically as a grounded sci-fi movie. Cause a lot of the elements do focus on the people, as you were saying more than maybe getting into the why or the how or the how that goes. And, and I, I appreciate that out of the film. Well, no, yeah, it's great to hear. Yeah, we, we the, I mean, I think it, it is explained at some point, but that was never our focus, right? Our focus is just on the survival, right? Like, okay, right. it's happened, now what? Sure, exactly. And, you know, I don't know, because uh, now you've gone, you've run definitely the gamut now, as you said, where you're kind of doing these smaller indie projects and now you're getting into something like this here. One thing I did want to touch on, you're also a person who is the co-owner of a production company too. Um, You seem to wear many hats. Like where does this go for you now? Now that, you know, Awake is a success. You've had two successful films on Netflix and where does that go? What's the next steps for you as a creator? Um, And I guess, you know, maybe your company as well. Yeah. Well, that's a good question. So I'm like, you know, I've been, so first off, a feature film is a tremendous amount of work. Uh, yeah. And and I have a family, I have two kids, and, you know, I'm kind of like, want to, and they're young, and I want to focus on that. And so every time I do a film, it's like you're putting a, a good, solid year, full-time, crazy hours, more, two, sometimes into this. So I'm very selective in what I want to do, and I just I'm just not looking to jump. So as an alternative to, like, getting into the director's chair, I have a, um, we have a production company and we're, I'm just trying to really, our, our main focus is assisting um, and, and um, finding young talent and like kind of emerging talent and bringing them up and giving them an opportunity to do their first features or their second features and trying to, um, you know, we had, I had personally, I had this opportunity, like I made my first feature film for, uh, it was basically under a couple hundred thousand dollars, very, very cheap. And, you know, it was a film that launched this company. It was such a great opportunity for me and it really launched my career. And I went to school with so many talented people and I knew so many talented people who just never get that opportunity. So we created this, this film company and it's starting to do really well, but the main focus is on like, let's go out, let's mine, let's discover young talent, let's give them the tools, the mentorship, whatever they need to get something off the ground. And I just enjoy doing that. It's, it's you know, I can, it's not as absorbing as being in the director's chair. Um, right. and just putting stuff together. So that's my, you know, that's, that's kind of my primarily focus. And then of course I'm writing, I'm always writing a new script, a new, you know, me and my brother, we finished the script and now we're working on a, um, a TV show, a TV pilot and, you know, and then just kind of waiting until I get that, uh, the energy and the juices and the, you know, the drive to say, okay, like I'm ready and the, the right project to say, okay, I'm ready to get back into that director's chair and do another, another film. So, not in a huge rush when the right thing comes along and I feel good, I'll, I'll do it. But right now I just want to focus on, you know, um, getting stuff done that for other people, projects I believe in, projects I like, projects that have, you know, a proper message. 
And you're also listed as, uh, I believe, through your production company, uh, Cosmic Dawn. You're listed uh, as a as a producer on that as well, right? Is that with your brother as well, too? Yeah, yeah, we both produced that and, and Fidelio Films. Yeah, that's that's a cool um, little cult sci-fi film that we did, like low budget. Um, but you know, I think it. I think like we we managed to do some really awesome, like get some awesome production value out of it. It feels much bigger than it is, and um, so that should be coming out uh, end of this year. Um, just to Excellent. check, look out for it. But yeah, it's Cosmic Dawn's sci-fi, um, cult, cult sci-fi. So again, in that kind of world. But. And the new projects you're working on, are you staying within genre? Are you are you are you feeling like you have more of a, <laughs> a <laughs> like honed in choice now that you can stay within something that piqued your interest? Yeah. So the one I wrote is a. It's a very cool project. I wrote it with my brother. It's an adaptation of a George R.R. R. Martin novel. Mm. Um, so, and that's uh, sci-fi. Um, and that's, you know, kind of ready to go out. And we're going to see what happens with that. Very, very excited about that. Like, that's the one I kind of wanted to be next. But I'm also, you know, exploring kind of more drama. Um, you know, it's funny because this time, this last year has you know, made me look at the world in a different way, I guess. And uh, at times it's been a, a bit of a difficult time where you, you start to question, what am I doing? What's the point, you know, what, what's sure. the point of this? What's going on? And, um, but, but you also realize that like, oh yeah, in life you need these kind of ups and downs to get creative and to, you know, understand direction and, when you're at one level all the time, it's, you know, it's fine, but it's not really living. So, sure. so hopefully something, you know, I'm, I'm, some ideas are percolating out of this and as we're starting to get out of it, I'm starting to get, you know, trying to understand ways of really focusing in that into my next program. That all sounds terrific. And I, and I wish you the best of luck in, in all that and, and the best of luck with your hair and everything else. It looks great, man. I love that it's new. Every time I see you, it's a wonderful thing. And I, I wish you a lot of success. Hopefully, uh, maybe Cosmic Dawn will come Netflix's way if they're listening in right now. You know, maybe uh, yeah, you know, that, cool. your pipeline is already set up. You don't, you know. I appreciate it. Thank you so much.